We are back yet again on the Thick Man Inc. podcast, and this week we have a wonderful topic for you. Now, the combine's coming up, but before that, we are going to take a look back on the last 10 MVPs in the NFL and judge which MVPs are the best and which MVPs, frankly, did not deserve the trophy. There is a great disparity in the level of seasons, but the way we're grading this, obviously the statistics very important, the record's somewhat important, but we are very literal in this. MVP, most valuable player. The player is being great heavily on if they're actually as valuable to their team as as the other guys compare to them. So starting things off, we've got Tristan again leading us in with his number 10, the worst MVP of the last decade. So take it away, Tristan. 2016 Matt Ryan, while he was one of the best players in the NFL, it is the least impressive MVP campaign of the last decade by a country mile, mainly because he was undeserving of that award in the year that it happened. Tom Brady was robbed blind of the MVP award in 2016, all because of Deflategate in the four games he was suspended for. Tom Brady, that season went 11-1, and had 3,500 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and he would have eclipsed Matt Ryan's stats that year. Matt Ryan had 49 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions. If he played in those four extra games, if he played in all 16 of those games, he would have been the MVP. And he, you know, he eventually did get his revenge in the Super Bowl. He came back from 28-3, to so maybe that's a little bit of justice there. And I think another thing that shows that Matt Ryan's performance in 2016 is 10th in the last decade is the fact that he has not been exciting to watch since Kyle Shanahan has not been his offensive coordinator. He has not been able to replicate his 2016 production since Kyle Shanahan went over to the 49ers. So that is why I think it's the least impressive MVP performance of the last decade. I so would agree with that. I mean, Matt Ryan, kind of a clown MVP. People will look back at his football reference in a few decades and say, man, he won an MVP. And maybe we're being a bit hard on Matt Ryan. The Falcons team he was with this year, Dev, some amazing town like Julio Jones like Devontae Freeman when he was in his prime. But we are judging Matt Ryan. And we'll be honest, we can't be completely objective. But if Matt Ryan didn't have 28-3 to hanging over his head, he might be a few spots up on this list. But some things, even if we're trying to just talk about the regular season, are inescapable. And speaking of inescapable, we've got the 2021 NFL MVP in Aaron Rodgers. And let's be frank here, Aaron Rodgers won the NFL MVP because of a narrative. He had the narrative that the media was going to go against him. And in response to me, he said, no, no, we're not biased. We're not biased. Here, you could have the MVP trophy. Even when Tom Brady completely outplayed him. Second MVP in a row, which Tom Brady probably should have won. Brady had more passing yards, more passing touchdowns, so he had a comparable record, and frankly, the Buccaneers were more exciting than the Packers. But because Rodgers had his whole COVID thing and wore the media and the Pat McAfee show, that helped him a good bit. He won his second straight MVP. I don't personally think it was that deserving of, certainly not as deserving as 2020 MVP, but hey, Brady got robbed. He can cry into his Super Bowl rings. Well, he had the same amount of wins as Aaron Rodgers did this past season, and I also think there was another narrative going for Rodgers was the fact that Jordan Love got it to start a game and was massacred by Steve Spagnuolo in the Chiefs defense for four quarters. Rodgers wouldn't have been the MVP if Jordan Love didn't start that game and we didn't get to see what the Packers offense would be with the Packers succession plan for Rodgers. So I think that also heavily played into it. And you know, people love to talk about the Packers not supporting Aaron Rodgers, but they have Devonta Adams, they had Aaron Jones, they had AJ Dillon, they had very solid pieces around him in that offense so very good offensive line too can't leave that out they, they did have some injuries so I I, w- I wouldn't say that necessarily in this MVP Aaron Rodgers campaign and I think like the Matt Ryan one the reason this one fell for me at nine is because there is an argument that someone else is more deserving of the award last year this past season and coming in at number eight we have another Aaron Rodgers campaign there's a trend here Aaron Rodgers is trending towards the bottom of the list even though he has three of the last 10 MVPs and I have nothing to hate on with the Rodgers 2014 
Harden season. But when you look at it in a vacuum compared to the other MVPs we've had over the last decade, it just shouldn't stack that high up on this list. It doesn't stand up. The reason I think it is better than his 2021 campaign is because it is clearly the best season by a quarterback in 2014. And at the time, it was the first time a quarterback threw for 38 touchdowns and only five interceptions. He was great that year, deserved the MVP. There was no question about it. So that's why it came in at eight on this list. It wasn't the most statistically impressive season, but it was the best by a quarterback in the year that it happened. 12 to 14 record. You can take a little bit away from that. You can also comment that Aaron Rodgers does not really take risky throws. So that's part of the reason his interception numbers are the way they are. But it was a good season for Rodgers and not really much competition. So he slides right in at the number eight spot. Number seven spot, we finally got Tom Brady's MVP of the last day. We got Tom Brady's 2017 campaign, led the NFL in passing yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 13-3 record. And the reason this is so low, obviously not an amazing statistical season. We are going to see better passing seasons from other quarterbacks later on this list. But a big part of why I've got this at seven is because Carson Wentz, if he had stayed healthy, had a real shot at stealing this MVP from Tom Brady. Wentz went down on a little goal line sneak action with a torn ACL and because of that Brady just kind of walked his way to the MVP trophy. Still a very good season and it resulted in him going to the Super Bowl with the Patriots but I, you can take a little bit away from him because the best competitor he had got his ACL snapped in half but a good season for Brady all in all. Kind of average for the GOAT but when you're the greatest player of all time an average season looks very impressive. I have to remember at the time it, he was turning 40 years old and it was the most impressive season we had seen from a 40 year old quarterback in NFL history which you know may have also played into the fact that he didn't win MVP this past season because everyone had already seen him do it as an old quarterback and win the MVP award already. He didn't have that narrative going for him. So that's why won the MVP award that season. That definitely played into it. His statistics were impressive. They were terrific. And it is true that Carson Wentz probably would have won the award if he never got injured. Finally, we get to an MVP the, that Aaron Rodgers deserves. He had 4,200 passing or 4,300 passing yards really that season. 48 passing touchdowns, five interceptions led the Packers to a 13 and 3 record and the 2020 season for Aaron Rodgers will always be defined by the fact that he let Tom Brady win a Super Bowl in his first season in the NFC but is also one of the most impressive seasons in NFL history from an efficiency standpoint he was phenomenal game in and game out it's the most dominant season he's had compared to his entire career with the exception of maybe 2011 in that MVP campaign so I, I think this is the best season he's ever had and is the best MVP season he had over the past decade yeah, 2011 will probably be pretty high on this list if we were including that season. Thankfully, it just missed the cutoff of the last 10 years. Good season for Rodgers. Didn't amount to much in the grand scheme of things, but the numbers are impressive. Didn't throw any interceptions. Still the town around. Still had a very good offensive line, but you gotta give him credit. He played very well in 2020. He deserved that MVP. At number 5, we have Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes has this MVP trophy. It'll be the first of, I will say, many. 5,000 passing yards. Did not lead the NFL quite, but 50 touchdowns. That led the NFL. Led the Kansas City Chiefs to a 12-4 record in his first year as a starter. It looked very impressive. One of the best passing seasons ever. And while we take all these things away from the other players based on the context, the issue with Mahomes and why he is at 5, because this is one of the best statistical seasons out there, why he winds up at 5 is because Alex Smith the year before took the very same Kansas City Chiefs team to the playoffs. While Mahomes played great, the name is most valuable player, not the best player. If we're being honest, Mahomes was a very good player, helped the Chiefs win more games, but in the grand scheme of things, he was not 
not as viable as the other guys who've got ahead of him. The Chiefs probably would have made a playoff team if you slide an average quarterback in here just based off the offensive scheme, the weapons, and the quality offensive line. Also had decent defensive presence that year. It's still a very impressive campaign. You don't see 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns all that often. Well, I don't think they had a decent defensive presence that year. That is the season that uh, their defense kind of let them down in the AFC Championship game, and they were sent home. So I don't know if I'd call his defense decent that season. Regular season. More on the Tristan, erring, regular season. Come on. <laughs> erring, erring on the side of bad. And the reason that this season was so impressive for me and comes above three Aaron Rodgers MVPs, the Matt Ryan MVP, the Brady MVP, is that he accomplished the 5,000 passing yards, the 50 passing touchdowns in just his first season as a starter. So that's why it comes in at number five for me. It is the best season by a year two quarterback in NFL history and I think it is unquestionably better than the MVP campaigns we've already named and coming in at number four this is where Isaiah and I have a little bit of contention is Lamar Jackson's 2019 season that season defined what it means to be the most valuable player in the NFL if you put any other quarterback in the offense they would not have been successful with Willie Sneed Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin as their leading receivers no other quarterback would have gone 13 and 2 with that receiving core or whatever the record was 13 and 3 might have been. I don't know. Lamar Jackson is the reason the Ravens had the most rushing yards in a single season in NFL history because he contributed 1,200 of them. And the only reason I don't have him higher in this list, some might be saying, oh, why do you only have him at four if you're saying all these positive things about him, is because of the personnel he had around him that weren't the wide receivers. He had three very good tight ends, one elite tight end, two very good ones, and it gave him the most unique passing attack in NFL history. It also allowed him to be as productive as he was on the ground. You look at what they're able to do. Mark Ingram eclipsed 1,000 yards. Gus Edwards ran for 700. Two tight ends had 300 receiving yards. Mark Andrews had 850 receiving yards. So I think he had a very unique personnel grouping that allowed him to be extremely successful. And when you look at what he's done since Nick Boyle's knee went in the other direction, since they traded Hayden Hurst, he has not been as productive. And I know some of that is also due to injury, but I do think a significant part of the Ravens' 2019 success is that they had three very good tight ends and had unique personnel groupings that other teams in the NFL could not contend with. So that's why he's at four with me instead of maybe three, two, or even one. And this is where Tristan's wrong. He's eight for ten. That's still very impressive. That's an eight percent. That's a B in most colleges, a C in some. But Cam Newton is number four on this list. And while Cam Newton had an incredibly impressive 2015 campaign, many of the things Tristan tries to drag on Lamar here about, you can say the same thing about Cam. He had Greg Olson as tight end. He had meaningful running backs. His wide receivers weren't amazing, certainly, but at the same time, I would make a very real argument that his defense put him in the position he was and allowed him to succeed. His defense led the NFL in turnovers, I believe, that year. If not, they had 24, which is a very real number. They gave Cam Newton the ball over and over again, and with it, Cam Newton found a way to succeed. He led this team to the playoffs, led them to a 15-1 record, and while that is incredibly impressive, I just don't see it as impressive as the other MVP campaigns I've got up on here. 39 turnovers, 24 interceptions, by the way. 24 interceptions. Thank you. 39 turnovers. I just don't see it as impressive as there. I think his defense held him out a lot more than anyone else on this list, and he also had one of the best tight ends in football at the time in Greg Olson. So, played amazing, sure, but there's a real argument to be made that the defense was more important to the 2015 Panthers than the offense. And you just can't say that about other MVP campaigns. It is the most valuable player, not just the best player. But at number three on Tristan and I's list, and we agree on this one as well, is the Peyton Manning campaign. His first year, excuse me, his second year after going to the Broncos. One of the most dominant statistical seasons we have seen in NFL history. It is astounding the numbers he put up. 5,477 passing yards. That is ridiculous. 55 passing touchdowns. Incredible. 13-3 and record. Unstoppable. This is one of 
the best performances we have seen by a quarterback ever. And the only thing that kind of hinders this in our list is one of the best passing seasons ever. But again, it's MVP, most viable player. You look at this team and a few years back, a very similar roster. Tim Tebow won a playoff game with this team. And while Tim Tebow had a lot of magic behind him and the power of the heavens, Tim Tebow is not a very good NFL quarterback and he still got this team to the second round of the playoffs. So clearly there is a very good foundation for Peyton Manning to build off. He built off it very well, but there is you probably go to the playoffs if you slide an average quarterback into Peyton Manning's position. You cannot say that about the two remaining players we've got on our list. Peyton Manning, amazing statistical season, one of the best statistical passing seasons ever, but not that valuable compared to the other two. Well, you forgot one key part of Peyton Manning's 2013 Broncos campaign is that he did have one rushing touchdown. You can't <laughs> take that away from him, okay? That you is forgot true. I completely that. forgot about that. That is on Giving him 100%. a total of 56 touchdowns. Oh, man. That rushing touchdown. The shame I feel. The bootleg around on the Cowboys wide open. How could I forget about that iconic play in NFL history? <laughs> and it is obvious that this season clears just due to statistics, the every Rodgers MVP, 2017 Tom Brady, Matt Ryan's Mickey Mouse MVP. But then when he compared to the two that either I have above him or the two that Isaiah have above him, you look at the roster Peyton Manning had around him. Demarius Thomas was in his prime. Eric Decker was still very good. Wes Welker had 5,000 yard seasons in a row. Julius Thomas was one of the five best tight ends in the NFL at the time. So he had an elite personnel grouping that allowed him to put up the most impressive statistical season from a quarterback passing in NFL history. I'm putting up at least 3,000 yards in that system, let's be frank. Isaiah, I've seen you throw a football, and I don't know if you throw for 116 games. Coming in at number two, I have 2015 Cam Newton. And like Lamar Jackson, to me, Cam Newton's 2015 campaign was the definition of what most valuable player means. He accounted for 45 total touchdowns, 10 of which were rushing touchdowns, and he is the reason the Panthers are able to go 15-1 and and make it to the Super Bowl. The only weapon of value that he had available to him was Greg Olson. Ted Ginn, Corey Brown, and Jericho Cotri were far from elite talents that only produced due to the dual threat that Cam Newton posed and the fact that Greg Olson was in his prime. Cam Newton also didn't have running backs combined for 1,700 rushing yards like Lamar Jackson did. Lamar Jackson even had another 1,000-yard rusher on the team in Mark Ingram. Jonathan Stewart didn't run for 1,000 yards. And while Cam Newton's 2015 season doesn't have the flashiness of Lamar Jackson rushing for the most yards by a quarterback in NFL history in one season, or in Peyton Manning's case, the most passing yards in a single season, most passing touchdowns in a single season, I do think that this performance is the best definition of most valuable player for a quarterback in the last decade. I think he was spectacular in 2015. You are being incredibly nitpicky because Jonathan Stewart had 989 rushing yards that year and 99 yards receiving, so he was a thousand yard player. Let's not pretend and mince words that he was substantially worse than Mark Ingram. No, Jonathan Stewart is at about the same level as Mark Ingram in that context, but Lamar Jackson to me just is more valuable. He had the best running season of a quarterback ever by far. It's not particularly close. He had almost double the rushing yards Cam Newton did. He was terrorizing defense, and Cam Newton was more of a power runner, but Lamar Jackson could go 80 yards on you. Lamar Jackson was scary from any part of the field. He was a threat to score from anywhere. And while Cam Newton had more passing yards, certainly, he was not exactly an amazing passing quarterback. He was similar to a fullback scoring 20 touchdowns that way. They passed a lot on the goal line, and that is what pumped up Cam Newton's numbers. Because, hey, if the pass didn't work, he could always scramble. And that just wasn't the Ravens' offense. Lamar dragged this team to 13-2 and uh, 13-2 record as a starter. He was an amazing player, and while I choked in the playoffs a little bit sooner than Cam did, he was still one of the most valuable performances we have ever seen 
from a quarterback. I think we can make an argument that with the strength of that Carolina Panthers defense, conceivably you could sub in a few guys and maybe there's a thousand yard wide receiver besides Greg Olson. Maybe Mark Ingram, maybe, Mark, maybe Jonathan Stewart does get to a thousand rushing yards and maybe the Panthers still win 12 to 13 games. If you put any other quarterback in the situation Lamar Jackson was, it simply wouldn't work. This team was built around him. He was the reason they see it. He was the most viable player. And speaking of players being the most viable and wearing purple, and running the football like no one has ever ran the football before. We have the number one MVP campaign on our list. And it's pretty simple. 2012 Adrian Peterson, the last running back to win MVP, is easily the most valuable player of the last decade. You look at the Vikings team around him. Christian Ponder slinging the ball to Percy Arvin and Kyle Rudolph. That is not an amazing threat. That does not work in the modern NFL. That team should win about four games. Christian Ponder, horrible quarterback, one of the worst in the NFL. Yet, oh, look at that. They're a 10-win playoff team. They get to go square off against the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs. Why is that? Because Adrian Peterson had the best running back season we may have ever seen. 2,097 yards, 12 touchdowns, led the league in yards per game, carried this Minnesota Vikings team to the playoffs. And the difference between Adrian Peterson's amazing rushing campaign and some of the other ones, the great campaigns we see in NFL history, particularly LaDamian Tomlinson's, since his is the closest to mind, a running back winning MVP, everybody knew Adrian Peterson was running the ball. There was no debate. You looked around him, you saw there was nothing. Tomlinson at least had Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates backing him up. Peterson did not have that luxury, yet he still averaged six yards a carry in the modern NFL when guys are bigger, stronger, faster than they have ever been. He dragged this Vikings team kicking and screaming to the playoffs. If you replace Adrian Peterson with an average running back, this team is dreadful. Yet they somehow made the playoffs. You can replace any of the other quarterbacks we have named on this list with an average quarterback, with the exception of maybe the Ravens because that was such a custom fit. Those teams would probably still be alright. They still had talent. This Vikings team was completely devoid of talent. Their defense wasn't even that impressive that year, but they still made the playoffs because Adrian Peterson is that great and might be the greatest running back we have ever seen. This is certainly the greatest rushing season I have ever seen. It is what got me into football in the first place. But without a doubt, in both of our minds, 2012, Adrian Beeson, best MVP in the last decade. Well, I think uh, everyone needs to know that Isaiah's pin opinion might be slightly vi- biased due to the fact that he is a Vikings fan. But my opinion is not biased. I am a Giants fan. Yes, I know. It is sad. And I, when I went back and looked at Adrian Peterson's 2012 MVP campaign, it was clearly the most impressive season that we have seen from maybe any player in NFL history on the offensive side of the ball. He had Christian Ponder as his quarterback, someone who only lasted four seasons in the NFL, and he still was able able to run for over 2,000 yards. Derrick Henry at least had Ryan Tannehill's help. He had A.J. Brown's help on the receiving end. And who did Adrian Peterson have at receiver? He had Percy Harvin, who was never truly an elite receiver, or maybe even a good receiver, and Michael Jenkins as the second receiver on that team. He also reached to over 2,000 yards, averaging six yards a carry. That means if he had as many carries as Derrick Henry did in his 2,000-yard campaign, Adrian Peterson would have reached 2,277 rushing yards in one season. So it is the most impressive season that we've seen from a running back ever, possibly the best we've seen from any offensive player ever, and it is incredible the 2012 Vikings were able to reach the playoffs. He is a definition of the most viable player, without a doubt. And there will be some people who disagree with our way of ranking things, say, oh, well, Peyton Manning had the best fiscal season and the quarterback is more valuable than running back, blah, blah, blah. Those people received wedges in high school and probably have not talked to 
a woman in a decade. Adrian Peterson, most viable MVP. Our list, objectively right, with the exception of Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, on Tristan's. But let us know what you think down in the comment section below. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell us who your top 10 MVPs in the last decade are, and smash that subscribe and or follow button. If you don't know about our TikTok somehow, go give that a follow as well. Links in the description. Woo!